Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. This is going to be brief, and it relates a little bit to what we talked about, because I don't want to belabor the point, but I just, I want to encourage you, friends, if you will develop your prayer life, I know it's not always easy, and I know we feel awkward, believe me. The first couple times, the first couple minutes every day when I'm in prayer with the Lord are awkward for me. It kind of takes a while to get going, but I just want to encourage you to just persevere. The more you do it, the better you'll get. And I want to encourage you to do that. One of the ways that we teach people and encourage people to pray is through the use of what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer. Pastor Goss has said on a number of occasions, hi, everybody who's streaming with us tonight, by the way. My wife is home. She's not feeling well tonight. Hi, honey. Hi, I see you. <laughs> one of the ways that we, one of the things that we, the points that we like to make is the Lord's Prayer is a model for prayer, right? You know, just to repeat it like a mantra over and over. There's nothing magical about it, but it's a model for prayer. And one of the things that, I don't know about you, but as I go through it and I consider it, uh, one of the things that I've never really taken a lot of time to think about is the part where we pray, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. What is, what is thy kingdom? What does that really mean? If I'm going to pray that, what kinds of things am I praying about? Well, I'm glad that you asked that question, and I want to help you a little bit. Because when we pray for revival, when we pray for a move of God among us, what we're praying is for God's kingdom to come into this place, into my life, and into my world, right? But what is the kingdom of God exactly? Well, first of all, let's define the word kingdom because the kingdom, because kingdom is from a Greek word, basileia, or basilia, rather, and it, it, it's from the root word that has to do with a king, but it has to do with a royal dominion or a kingdom. In other, in other, con, uh, in other places, it, it could actually mean uh, a, an actual place of domination, a place where somebody reigns. It's a kingdom. It's a, the exercise of kingly power. There are kingdoms all over this world. This world is a kingdom. Heaven is a kingdom. There are kingdoms in our hearts. So what are we talking about? Well, let's talk about the kingdom here on earth. Matthew 4, 8 talks about a kingdom. uh, Speaking of Jesus, when the devil was tempting him, it says, Next, the devil took him to a peak on a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Now, what's the implication of Satan telling Jesus that he will give him that kingdom if Jesus will worship him? The implication is Satan has temporary but certain dominion on the earth. God's allowed it for his plans and purposes. But the point is there's a kingdom here on earth. Revelation 11.15 talks about a kingdom on earth. It talks about in the future. It says the seventh angel blew his trumpet and there were loud voices shouting in heaven. The world has now become the kingdom of our Lord. The world, that place that Satan was going to give to Jesus in the future, at the end of all of this, that world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he, He's going to reign forever and ever. Reign over what? Over the kingdom of heaven. In the Bible, it talks about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of our Lord. It talks about all, it's talking about the very same thing. But there's kind of an interesting thing about that kingdom. Because it's one thing, but it's two things. Let me help you with that. The kingdom of God is internal. 
kingdom of God, when you become a believer, is inside of you. It's inside every believer. At the very same time, the kingdom of God is external. It's going on all around the world, through other believers, through other churches. So the kingdom of God is internal, but it's external at the same time. The kingdom of God is visible because it exists uh, because it can be seen in individual lives and in church and in the, the movement of God in different places. And so the kingdom of God, as it currently stands, is visible to us. But at the very same time, it's invisible. It's invisible because it exists in the spirit realm at the same time that it exists in this earthly realm. And if, as if that hasn't confused you enough, the kingdom of God is happening in the present been going on, by the way, since Jesus came. Jesus ushered in the kingdom of God. Remember John the Baptist? Repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. Ever since Jesus got here, he ushered the kingdom of God into this kingdom. But at the very same time that it is present, it is also in the future. Because what we read out of Revelation is something that is going to happen here on earth or on earth in the future when finally everything is brought under the authority and lordship of Jesus and the kingdom of God is finally fully realized. So it's present, but it's future. It's visible, but it's invisible. It's internal and it's external. And it's present and it's future all at the same time. Isn't that confusing? But it makes sense, doesn't it? Because the kingdom of God isn't like the kingdoms of this world. So when I'm praying, may thy kingdom come, What I'm really praying is both for the kingdom to be lived out through me and out of my life, but also I'm praying for this earthly system that we live under to be replaced and supplanted and done over by the kingdom of God. It's all of that. So we're currently praying for for the kingdom of God to come, and we're praying in the future for the kingdom of God to come. Let me, let me give you just a couple of quick things to help you with that whole thing with the internal, invisible, and everything else. Spiritually, the kingdom of God is in our hearts. Luke 17, one day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already, the Bible uses different translations say the kingdom of God is among you. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is in your midst. The kingdom of God is in your reach. Why is that? Because the king of the kingdom, Jesus, is here. So spiritually, the kingdom of God is within a human heart when we give our hearts and give our lives to Christ. The kingdom of God was near to them because the king of the kingdom was there. And when Jesus came, he inaugurated God's kingdom here on earth. He didn't consummate it. He didn't finish it. He's going to do that in the future. But he did start it. So it is present, and yet at the same time, it's to come. Take a look at the scripture, Daniel 2.44. During the reign of those kings, speaking of other kings in the future, other governments, other countries... The God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered. It will crush all these other kingdoms into nothingness, and it will stand forever. There's a kingdom coming. The kingdom of God is coming, and it is going to supersede every other worldly, earthly kingdom in the world. And so it's present, and yet at the same time, it is yet to come. 
And it's present in this world and coming to this world in the future, but it's not from this world. It's not of this world. John 18, 36, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom, but if it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But no, my kingdom is not of this world. What Jesus was saying is the kingdom in its completion isn't connected in any way with the kingdoms of this world. So if you're trying to take an, a lot of effort and energy to change the kingdoms of this world and to have an impact in this world, there's a sense in which you're wasting your time because the kingdom of God has nothing to do with the United States of America. It has nothing to do with the nation of the United Socialist Soviet Republic or whatever we used to call it. it has nothing to do with any earthly kingdom. Nothing. It's not of this world. And yet, because we live in those kingdoms, the kingdom of God being in us is among the kingdoms of this world. Does that make sense? Am I confusing you totally? Do you get that? So it's, it's both. It's kind, of a, it's kind of an interesting thing. Present and yet coming, but not of this world. Luke 17, 20. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus replied, we read it a little bit earlier, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. In other words, the people of that day were looking for some visible sign that the kingdom of God had come. And Jesus was trying to say, my kingdom is invisible. You won't see it. You won't see it when it comes. You won't be able to say, there it is. The kingdom of God is within. It's within you. It lives in hearts. The Greek word entos means it's located in your heart's and your affections, but it's not external. The kingdom of God at the same time is a literal kingdom. We're not talking about something that's a metaphor or a simile. It's kind of the kingdom of God is like this or like that. It's a literal kingdom. It's an eternal heavenly kingdom, and yet it transcends heaven's boundaries. It's not bound up in heaven because parts of it, expressions of it happen right here on earth. So it's definitely heavenly. Look at Luke 23. Jesus is on the cross, the criminal, one criminal says, hey, if you're really that guy, get us all down from here. And the other thief, the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He's speaking of the heavenly kingdom, but he's also speaking of the kingdom that is to come. Because every Jew knew that one day there's going to be a kingdom of God here on earth. And so he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today you'll be with me in paradise, a heavenly kingdom. There's another kingdom yet to come. So it's definitely heavenly. So we learn from Jesus' response that it's, it's heavenly and it's today. It's right now. But it definitely is or uh, at this moment and will be earthly. Uh, God gave King Nebuchadnezzar a, a, a vision and he, he showed him this huge statue. Remember that? And it had a head of gold and a chest and arms of silver and a belly and thighs of bronze and legs of iron and feet of clay and all those kinds of things. And that statue represented all the kingdoms of earth that were going to come, all the governments, all of the world powers that were going to be. God showed Nebuchadnezzar in this dream what those things were going to be. But what he said was, as Daniel comes in and tells him what this, this dream means and what all these different things are, Daniel concludes the explanation by saying in Daniel 2.44, And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven 
will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all of these kingdoms, and it will stand forever. So it is definitely here, and it definitely will be here, but it's not a part of here. So it's earthly, and it's eternal, and it's eternally earthly because there will be a a new earth. And in the prayer that Jesus modeled, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, the instruction he also gave, which is seek God's kingdom first, is all tied together with realizing the kingdom of God in my life, in our church, in the world, and in the world that is yet to come. The kingdom of God transcends everything. So when I pray, thy kingdom come, here's another little, here's another little practical, practical piece for you. When you pray, thy kingdom come, we need to slow down at that point and not just say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I've got to slow down and I need to pray things that have to do with the kingdom of God coming. I need to pray for the kingdom of God to be expressed to the world through my life. It's in me, but I need God to shine it out and to show it through me. I need to pray that the kingdom of God will be added to that will bring in new souls and new lives and that the kingdom of God here on earth will grow and multiply and do great things in this world for the kingdom of God to prosper in all that it does in Christ's church, which is the gathering place of all of the members of that kingdom. When, when we come together on Sunday and Wednesday nights, when we come together, this is a, a gathering place for individual members of the kingdom of God who bring the kingdom of God together. And together, we express the kingdom of God to each other, to our city, to our country. It is a collection of people who are filled with the kingdom of God. It is a collection of the kingdom of God. We need to pray that the kingdom of God will overtake the kingdom of Satan. You can say amen. We need to pray that thy kingdom come means that the kingdom of Satan will be overcome, that the kingdoms of men will not suppress the kingdom of God, but that the kingdom of God will suppress the kingdoms of men. And for the kingdom of God to be salt and light in this decaying world. And what does that mean? That means we're praying, when we're praying for those kinds of things, we're praying, God, send missionaries. God, give us souls. God, help us to be the voice in the arms of Jesus. Help us to speak truth. Help us to engage our culture. When, when we pray, thy kingdom come, we're praying all of these things and more. It's important because in that little sentence, thy kingdom come, We're praying for ourselves, we're praying for our church, we're praying for our world, and we're praying for the kingdom that is yet to come, the fulfillment of all that Christ came to do. Is that a big deal? Yes. It's not overwhelming, but it is a big thing, and we need to be sure that we take part in that. So let me give you a couple quick things, and then we'll be done. Here's how it works. Number one, be sure that you are a part of that kingdom. Sin will keep you out of that kingdom 1 Corinthians 15 says, what I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies, because of sin, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It's not talking about when you die and go to heaven. It's talking about right now. You have, a sin, you have sin in your life. You can't inherit. You can't have the kingdom of God in your life because sin separates us. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. 
sin will be removed from the kingdom of God. We can't merit entry into that kingdom. Matthew 5, 3 says, God blesses those who are poor in spirit and who realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God is looking for humble hearts and people who understand that there's nothing I can do to merit God's salvation. There's nothing that I can do to earn God's favor, nothing that I can do to earn my salvation. But when I acknowledge my spiritual powerlessness and my spiritual bankruptcy, all of a sudden I am placing myself in utter dependence before God. And Jesus said in John 3, 3, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you won't see the kingdom of God. So there's a way into it. Be sure as you're seeking the kingdom of God, praying that, God, that, that, that God's kingdom will come, make sure that you're in it. Be sure that you're a part of that kingdom. Secondly, or thirdly, I guess it is, if you aren't, you're invited. You are invited. First Thessalonians 2 says, we pleaded with you and encouraged you and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. Not worthy of salvation, but the kind of walk that's worthy of what we've been called to. For he called you to share in his kingdom and his glory. Friends, tonight, God's calling you. He may have called you to a a place of salvation before. He calls you again tonight into the kingdom of God. We have been invited. And when you give your life to Christ, when you experience his free gift of salvation, you are a part of the kingdom of God. Once we embark on this process, we are symbolically conveyed into the kingdom of God. Colossians 1.13, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Thy kingdom come. That's what happens when we make Jesus Lord of our life. At the completion of the process of being born again, we are changed into immortal beings. Immortal means live forever. When you are in not in a saved state. Your body will die and your spirit will die and live in death for eternity. But when you make Jesus Lord of your life, when you accept by faith, by believing what Jesus has given to you, you suddenly and instantaneously are given eternal life and you are a true eternal being, immortal being. And we become also priests and kings of the kingdom of God. Can you imagine that? Not just that you get your sins forgiven. Oh, that would be good enough, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be awesome? But that God has more for us to do, that he wants to lift us and elevate us and make us important parts of that kingdom. Revelation 1.6, he has made us a kingdom of priests for God. Friends, who's he talking about made us? Made us. Christ makes us a kingdom of priests for God, his Father, All glory and power to him forever and ever. So make sure that you're a part of the kingdom. Step number two, now that we're in it, and I hope that you are, and if you're not, no time like the present. Now that we're in it, we're supposed to devote ourselves to seeking and praying and bringing to pass the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God's fulfillment and expression in our individual lives and in our church and in the world to come. So if anybody told you all you got to do is give your life to Jesus and everything will be hunky-dory and you got no more that you got to do, somebody lied to you or didn't tell you enough. But as members of the kingdom of God, think of that. 
as citizens and members of the kingdom of God, we have responsibilities. There are things that we're supposed to do. So we're supposed to pray that the kingdom of God will come through our lives and through our efforts. Matthew 6, 10 is, the, is where we get this out of the Lord's Prayer. May your kingdom come soon. And to accomplish that, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Friends, we got a lot to do. You can't merit salvation. You can't merit the favor of God. He loves you. God, God doesn't love you any more than he possibly could. You can't do anything to make God love you more. You can't do anything bad to make him love you less. God just loves you. And he calls us into this relationship with him, the very kingdom of God. And he gives us things to do. Thy kingdom come involves us as we rise up as lights to push back the darkness, as we go forth and proclaim the good news to this world, we have a job to do because we're a part of the kingdom of God. Now, when I'm praying for the kingdom of God to come, I'm also in effect praying against the kingdom of Satan, who I told you earlier has been given temporary but very certain authority in this world because it's part of God's plan. Don't you worry. God's got a reason for it. God's, God's allowed this to happen. It's going to bring him glory. And you just, have to, you just have to believe by faith that God's got this covered. But part of what we do, because he has been granted that, and because we are now a part of the kingdom of God, is that we are lights to push back the darkness of the kingdom of Satan. We are salt to bring preservation to the decaying world that Satan has brought sin into and is trying to destroy so that he can damage what God has done. And so I'm praying in effect that Satan's kingdom and his efforts will be squelched and overcome and that his kingdom will be supplanted by the kingdom of God. So we prepare for the kingdom of God by living according to the rules of the kingdom of God now and inviting God's presence as we'll see it. So when you pray for God, for the kingdom of God to come into your life, what are some of the things that you could pray? God, purify me, teach me, help me, use me, be glorified through my words and through my deeds. We, we do that when we pray for the salvation of others. How many of you have unsaved friends and loved ones? If, I don't know anybody who doesn't know somebody who isn't saved. One of the ways that we push back the darkness and advance the kingdom of God is as we pray for the salvation of the people that we love and care about. But then as we allow ourselves to be the mouthpiece of God to help that salvation to come apart. We pray for the people of governments. Now, verse in the Bible, I'm not going to put it up. It says, pray for everybody, pray for all the leaders, pray for everybody in authority. We, we bring about the kingdom of God when we pray that God's will and God's purpose will be done through everybody from the president on down to the local school board, people in authority over us. We bring about and we pray for and ask for the kingdom of God to take place when we pray for some of these other things of the kingdoms of God. And the kingdom of God is already here but it's not yet. It's a paradox. It's a both and. At the same time that the kingdom of God is existing and advancing in us, it's advancing and will exist fully when Christ returns to earth and sets up that kingdom. Revelation eleven fifteen. The seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he, Christ, will reign forever and ever. That's what a kingdom is. And in the meantime, Acts 1-6, they gathered around him and asked, Lord, 
Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? By the way, nothing wrong with praying for Israel. We love Israel. Israel, they're a chosen people. But listen, it was never Christ's intention to restore the kingdom of God to Israel. And the way we know that is by the way that he answered this question, because the kingdom of God isn't Israel, and it's not America, and it's not It's not anything of this world. It's the kingdom of God. And what he said was, rather than saying, oh, I'm going to restore the kingdom of Israel in about 20 years, what he said was this. He said, it's not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority. He answered them without answering them. But don't worry about when that kingdom will will be restored because you are going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. When we pray... For thy kingdom come, we are praying the rule and reign of the kingdom of Jesus in our lives and in our world. Now let me conclude with this, and this is not in your notes, so listen. Because this is where all of this is headed. When you pray for the kingdom of God to come, yes, here in our lives, yes, here in our church, you are also praying for one of the most amazing things, the culmination of the plan of God in the future, I think in the near future. Hebrews 10, 12 says, but our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. Then what's gonna happen, Steve? I'm glad the Bible tells us, Philippians 2, 6. He, Jesus, humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, because of that, God has elevated him to the place of highest honor and given him a name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, that's angels and people who are there, and on earth, that's you and me, and under the earth, that's those who have died. And every tongue will declare that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is the coming conqueror over the kingdoms of this world, and he will come and establish his world. Thy kingdom come. That's in part what it means. And how does it become the kingdom of God? 1 Corinthians 15, 2. After that, the end will come when he, Jesus, will turn the kingdom over to God the Father. Think about that. Having destroyed every ruler and authority and power, for Jesus Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. For the scriptures say God, the Father, has put all things under his, Christ's authority. And then when all things are under Christ's authority, the Son will put himself under God's authority so that God, the Father, who gave the Son authority over all things, will be utterly supreme over everything, everywhere. That's the kingdom of God. That's what's coming. That's where all of this is headed. And we pray, God, may thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Revelation 21 tells us what that day will be like. I'll close with this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I, I want to see that, don't you? 
this huge glowing city coming down to the earth from God. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. Part of God's coming kingdom is that he will live with us and we will live with him. We'll sing that song, I am yours, like we never have before. And they will be his people. God himself will be with them. Think of that. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. He who is the faithful witness to all these things says, yes, I am coming soon. And John says, amen. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The kingdom of God is among you. The kingdom of God is to come. May thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth. The kingdom of God, friends, is coming. May the kingdom come and God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in my life, in your life, in our church, and on this earth. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that, and I want to be a part of praying it in and being there when God does it. Amen? What a wonderful privilege we have. Lord, I thank you for the great precious promises that we have. I thank you for the great and wonderful future that we have when your kingdom finally and ultimately victoriously comes and rests upon this earth and we will be with you and you will be with us and so shall we ever live with you. God, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.